Welcome to Observe and Retort. Hello, how are you? I am good. (laughs) (laughs) My name is David. I'm Luna. Can you believe? I cannot believe. That is amazing. (laughs) Right? It's amazing. (laughs) Just just mocking Uh. with the voice now. (laughs) And we are bringing you... The news you missed this fortnight. Yeah, from the last two weeks. We apologize for not being for you. Being being for you. you. (laughs) Being there for you last week. We were not existing Mm. for you. Um, Yeah. You know, plans and technical difficulties and everything just happened. And we were like, you know what? We're just going to make a doozy next week. It's fine. Exactly. So... Thank you for still listening uh, and forgiving us for not being there when you needed us last week. That's super hard, you guys. That's tough. <laughs> Don't worry, David. I won't do the voice. I like that you just you tricked just me into feeling safe and secure by oh. using the jazz voice before mm. this recording started. Mm. And then, then she hits. Yeah. With the Valley Girl. The Valley yeah. Girl came out. You know what? I am vicious and evil. Speaking of voices. And I... I had a... What about voices? Well, I was in my Danish class on Saturday. Yeah. And this is such a weird... Um, there's a British girl in my Danish class. She's from Northern Ireland. She has a really, really lovely voice. And one of my fellow pupils... That sounded so creepy. <laughs> she had a really lovely voice. Mm. Sorry, go on. She has a lovely voice, okay? It's not creepy. <laughs> Just let me continue with the story. Better, better. Anyway, <laughs> one of my fellow people said how nice her voice is. And she said, oh, I think it's just the British accent rather than actually her voice. And he said... <laughs> No, no, it's not the British accent. Like, you have such a great voice, you should do a podcast. Like, I'd never tell David he should do a podcast with his voice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the... uh... You got read for a film. That's so funny. Well, thank God you don't have a podcast. I know, thank God I don't have a podcast with this horrible (laughs) voice because, oh. Luckily... I would never tell David to get a podcast. That's so funny. He was just trying to be cute. What did he you do? Tra- did you gasp real loud? I did. I said, you picked the the most awkward person in the class to use you as your example. Because I actually have a podcast. And luckily, some of the other pupils actually listened and said some very nice oh, things. Oh, that's nice. About the podcast. Oh, and very nice. My voice. So it made up for it. I forgive you, Amana. I uh. forgive you. <laughs> I do not. If I ever see you, you better run the other way. Nobody talks about my co-host like that. I will cut a bitch. Anyway. <laughs> I think, to be honest, it don't makes like up for, it. you know, his name is Amano. And for the first, I don't know how many weeks of our class together. What did you... I thought, no, I didn't accidentally call him anything, but in Spanish, okay. a man means brother, oh. 
and he joins the class uh-huh. with Hermano. his wife, who I thought he was her brother, and everyone just called him <laughs> brother. As oh like, my god. That it's was like just an development episode. I love it. <laughs> but apparently, Hermano <laughs> is a Portuguese name as well as meaning brother in Spanish. Who knew? I didn't know Who it was also a name. Knew? That's funny. So, That's you know, cool. it balances out. Hey, brother. That's nice. <laughs> anyway. Like, I, yeah. Okay. Okay. Should we get into the news or. Yeah, because we have a ton of news for the people. So we better get into it. <laughs> I have some news that I think you're really going to enjoy. I have some news that is sort of an update and really not. Uh, but Great. you've got to think. <laughs> That's all we need. Back to our episode that was quite popular about GameStop. And yeah. the crazy trades that were happening on the GameStop stock. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I'd bring another financial story about a, ne- a guy called Bill Wang. Don't do it. Just don't. Yeah. Good. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know. Talk about the Wang. Bill don't, don't Wang had $20 yeah. billion. Dollars, and then he lost it all in two days. Yeah. So oh, before he lost all 20 billion, Bill Wang was probably the greatest trader that you've never heard of. Um, he was not a famous name, particularly outside of a very small group of his fellow churchgoers, because he's a very, very religious man and a specific number of small stock traders. He wasn't a big name, mm-hmm. but starting in 2013, when he started his own family office, he managed to turn $200 million that he started with into, at its peak, $30 billion. Jesus. And if he had stopped in early March and cashed in, he would have stood out as one of the world's billionaires and a truly self-made billionaire. Did you tell me he lost everything? It looks like, I mean, it's very hard to say, but it looks like he has lost absolutely everything. Oh my God, what a bummer. (laughs) Also, like, while there are richer men and women out there, most of the Mm. time, like when people talk about Jeff Bezos having tons of money, it's also true that a huge amount of that money is tied up in Amazon stock. He can't go use it because he'd have to sell his stock. And if he sold all of his Amazon stock, then the price would plummet. So he can't actually use that money. It's not liquid. It's not able to be used. He obviously can use still a disgustingly huge amount of money. This is not to say that he's poor, right? But it's just to say that a significant amount of his net worth, the same with Elon Musk, a significant amount of their net worth is tied up in a business or real estate or complex investments or something that you can't Mm -hmm. just get rid of. His because it was in stocks, was entirely liquid. He could have sold it from one day to the And it wasn't like a, in a business that he personally owned. It was in a variety of stocks. So it was possible for him to just use all of that as cash. And it took 48 hours for all that basically cash 
to disappear. What kind of stocks were that? What was that? I'll get into it. So, this is probably... Uh, it's definitely one of the most spectacular faders in financial history. No nice individual part of that for him. has mm. ever lost so much money so quickly. Um, what a great record to it's have. It's an incredibly cool record. Such a fun time for him. Yeah. That's nice. And so back March 26th, when investors first learned that a company called Archegos had defaulted on loans that had been used to build a staggering $100 billion portfolio, the first question on most investors' lips was, who the fuck is Bill Wang? It's not the comedian Phil Wang. It's not it Phil is Wang. It's the former billionaire Bill Wang. Yes. He puts the bill in former billionaire. Continue. On top of that, because he was using significant amounts of borrowed money and leveraging up his bets five times, his collapse hasn't just taken him out. He's also left a trail of destruction to a significant number of banks who lent him oh. money, including Credit Suisse. Oh, so it was the banks? All right. Uh, <laughs> I said you would enjoy it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, oh no, people, oh banks, all right. So okay. Credit Suisse, for example, has lost $4.7 billion, billion dollars, uh, mm. and a bunch of executives have been forced out because they <laughs> gave him money. Nomura Holdings, losing about $2 billion. There's a lot of money lost all over Wall Street yeah. for this, which <laughs> is, as I said, sort of an update, because in the GameStop case, a lot of people were talking about, this is crazy, it's just betting. And it's all these stupid retail investors who don't really know what they're doing and it's really dangerous. And the basically exact same thing has happened, but it's one guy and the banks gave him loads of money. Wow. Yeah. Oh, damn. So, oh, wow. as I said, he was self-made. He grew up in a poor family. Okay. Um, and he still currently, he lives in a New Jersey suburb, a not impressive home. He drives a Hyundai. He, he looks like a normal middle-class man, apart from as of, you know, a month ago, he, he had 20 billion. And as of today, he has still his Hyundai, I guess. It's probably paid off. So. Yeah, hopefully he Something came out of that. Yeah. Oh, honey. Wow, okay. So a little quick pricey of who this guy is. Um, so as I said, he started from a, a small immigrant family. He grew up very poor. His father was a pastor. And he had a, a strong interest in Wall Street. And he managed to get himself a job. He did a few sales jobs and managed to get himself a job at a company called Tiger Management which is a head fund back in the 90s, um, which apparently has a lot, created a lot of current hedge fund owners. So there's a lot of people who are not graduated, but former employees of that hedge fund who are now mm. big names. It closed okay. in the 2000s, and he then ran his own fund called Tiger Asia Management, 
which peaked at about 10 billion in assets. So that is significant, but that's when he's managing loads of other people's money. Mm. Uh, It was, he was apparently very good at his job. He liked to take huge risks. He specialized in, as the name suggests, in Asian growth stocks. Mm. But his, he was then investigated for securities fraud and wire fraud back in 2012. Um, and he ended up shutting down the firm that he was running because he faced some huge fines and he basically failed and was found guilty of wire fraud. He was found guilty of um, illegally trading and using insider okay. trading based on information that he had. So Oopsie doopsie. That was shut down in 2012, 2013. Mm. And as a consequence, he had about $200 million left of personal money at the end of that. And he set up what's called a family office. So a family office, unlike a hedge fund where people can choose to invest in your hedge fund and you're trading with their money, which is what he was doing before, a family office only serves one family. So a billionaire will usually have a family office. They will, to manage their personal wealth. Okay. This particular family office being his own and he was a hedge fund trader was perhaps a little bit more aggressive than others would be. And that's how over time he managed to turn $200 million into 20 billion. Which is crazy impressive. Like that's wild. And how he was doing that a lot of the time was uh, with a few things, which is how he managed to still be so secretive. So he worked with banks so that his name wouldn't be on the stocks. Right. So he did what's called swaps. So he would give money to the bank and the bank would buy the stock. So he wasn't directly owning the stock himself. If he directly owned the stock, then everyone would know his name. But instead, okay. the bank owned it. They got a fee for owning it. Um, okay. And he could move silently without being... So he was in incognito mode. Exactly. A, yeah. He also okay. used something that I explained a little bit in the GameStop uh, episode. So he traded on margin... So that's where you have a certain amount yourself, but the bank is willing to let you trade with significantly more. So you basically pay a deposit. Mm -hmm. Because then they're going to get something out of it when you get profit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you pay, say, if you're an individual, if you're a single person, then you are by law, you're only allowed to do 50% margin. So I could put in a thousand krona and the bank could give me another thousand krona and then I could trade with that. And the benefit of that is when you've got more, you can make bigger trades and then you can you know, take bigger bets. It's obviously really dangerous if things go down to zero, but mm. it's fair enough. If you have a family office, even though it's still kind of just a single person, or if you're a hedge fund, those rules don't apply, which is how he was playing with $20 billion dollars but its impact was $100 billion. Oh, dang. 
Now, the banks hadn't also, and this is getting deep, and I'm going to try and explain this very quickly, but the banks had not been talking to each other, and it's not public what trades were being made, which meant that he had okay. that kind of deal with multiple different banks, and there was playing them off against each other. Clear. And because of the lack of transparency, he'd managed to just keep playing on margin against each other. He'd get a loan from one, eff effectively, this is in simpler terms, right? But effectively what he'd do is get a loan from one, use that to say, hey, I have, if he had $1 billion and he managed to go to one bank and get $2 billion to, you know, yeah. to trade with, he'd then go to another bank and say, hey, I have $3 billion give me right, right, six right. then okay. he'd just keep Sneaky. rolling that up and up and up and as long as he was Bill. successful Bill. <laughs> yeah <laughs> as long as he was successful that worked really really well the problem is one day it wasn't successful Ooh, ooh, and then it escalated so on march 25th when Wang's financiers were finally able to compare notes, so they, the banks finally started talking to each other, it became oh. clear that his trading strategy was incredibly simple. He plowed most of the money into a handful of stocks and then was using this uh, like balance, as I said, to, to build up a bigger and bigger amount of margin. Mm -hmm. And when the banks realized that... They went, oh, we're all invested into not much. Everything he did was completely legal. Everything he did okay. was, was fair enough. It's just incredibly highly risky. Yeah. Uh, of course, as I said previously, things he did were definitely illegal when he was investigated by the SEC back in 2012. But under his family office, right now, everything was completely legal. Okay. Um, as far as we know. <laughs> from what we can see and from what the, you know. Yeah. But as I said, because they only had details of their own dealings, they didn't realize that he was getting margin on the same stocks and, and it all just boosted up and boosted up and boosted up. So one of the things, mm -hmm. for example, that he invested in, way more than any individual bank would have been comfortable with that level of risk because he played them off, was Viacom CBS. Viacom CBS is the huge con conglomerate which runs loads of TV and media in the mm. US. And he ended up with exposure to this single stock through Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, Credit Suisse, Wells Fargo. Ooh. Um, and through tons of different ones. Yeah. So... When they, sorry, just one second. Um, so on March 22nd, Viacom was in an attempt to fight back against Apple TV, Disney+, Plus, HBO, Netflix, all of those, announced that it was trying to sell off $3 billion in stock so that it could use that money to invest in streaming. Okay. The problem is it had been prepared the stock had been artificially increased by Wang buying loads. It had tripled in 4 months. 
And once they said, we're going to use the fact that this stock is is high so that we can get some cash so we can invest it back in ourselves, the stock tanked because it wasn't real interest. Like the tripling that had happened before was heavily propelled by this one guy. Oh, okay. Does that oh, make shit. sense? So Yeah, it does. Suddenly, when it tanked, all of his bets went wrong. All of his bets were based on, as long as it keeps going, I can keep paying back the former bank and it keeps building up and building right. up and building up. Right. And once it started to go down, his lenders, the banks who lent him all the money, went, shit. Uh, okay, if he sells off now, if he sells off all of his shares, he will lose money. He'll have lost a, a significant amount, but he'll still be like a crazy billionaire. He'll still have like 15 billion. But as long as he sells now, he can still avoid going bankrupt. Oof. And Wang said, no. Suck my wang, he said. He's um, going on. Because as long as it went back up, he was going to be a crazy billionaire. Uh, sure. But his risk profile, he just went, no. Fuck it. Oh, he was stubborn. Uh, mm. And then it was a series. So, yeah. Basically, they all had to collectively, they required yes. everyone who had lent money to him to not flinch. If the stocks in his portfolio managed to come back, then everyone would be fine. But if any of the individual lenders shat the bed, it's like an old school prisoner's yeah. dilemma. It's the scenario, okay, there's two of you and you've been arrested. And as long as you both don't snitch on the other one, you'll be uh -huh, fine. Uh -huh. But if one of you snitches, then you're <sighs> fucked. And so all of these banks that had lent him money went, if we all stay calm... And no one sells. These stocks will Everybody come back. Uh -huh. And everything will be okay. Unfortunately, bankers can't trust each other. And Morgan Stanley shat the bed and very quickly and quietly Morgan. sold off five billion of its holdings in his Ooh. company. And that was on uh, late in the afternoon. The next morning... Basically, every other bank desperately tried to follow, and there was a huge collapse in, in this guy's stock. Yeah, I bet there was. Holy shit. So, yeah. Um, so, he, he had a really bad day. He had a he, pretty bad day. He, he had he, seen better. It is pretty lucky that it didn't cause a market-wide crash. Like, it was such a significant change and mm. so many banks being affected that this could have been caused by a single guy just yeah. like the crash that was 14 years ago. And a lot of people were saying Ooh, about GameStop, shit. like a lot of financial analysts were concerned about the GameStop scenario of this could bankrupt so much of uh, Wall Street that, yeah. that it's... Uh, it's high Damn. risk. <laughs> I mean, it would also destroy a lot of like normal people's lives. So it was only because they were playing off each other and the, the banks didn't talk to each other. This, this also to say, like this wouldn't have happened in Europe because the rules around the transparency are so much higher. 
Ah, uh, okay. So he never could have... I know nothing about it at all. Yeah, but the rules around who actually owns the risk mm. are much stronger than in the US. So even though technically the bank owned those shares, the risk was on him because of the deal that he had with the banks. Okay. And in the EU, that would have been made clear and the other banks would have realized, oh, we shouldn't give him, you know. Right, so they would be able to see through it before the same way if, that point. if you went to go get a mortgage from any bank on the street they would be able to see yeah. if other people had given you a mortgage and then go it would be crazy for two of us to give her a mortgage i say this like it's a realistic thing to give me a mortgage <laughs> honestly like that is the problem right now that is very unlikely somebody give me a fucking job please <laughs> I recognize the idiocy of what I was saying as soon as I said, like it just, anyway. <laughs> Anyways, damn. Let's imagine a financially secure person. <laughs> so that's, I, I can't Your get a noggin Your name should be David either. Stonks Chioma. Yes. Or well, banks wouldn't give. And then Henry, yeah. It, yes. It doesn't matter. You should. You, you get the concept. You wouldn't get eight mortgages because the banks can see whether you have another mortgage. And this is what didn't happen here. And on a big scale, yes. that's what would happen in Europe, which yes. didn't happen here. And that's why this guy had a fucking bad 48 hours. <laughs> and... <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's more than that, David. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> you know, the week has been rough and probably will yes. be rough a little more. <laughs> well, Oh, yikes, 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 yikes. Yeah. Do you want to hear about some underwear? I absolutely would love to hear about some underwear. See, now I make it sound fun, but it's not really that fun. <laughs> but now I got your attention okay. with underwear. Okay. Uh, Switzerland's female soldiers can finally stop wearing men's underwear. Isn't that nice? Isn't I... that nice, David? I guess it is. Yeah. I mean, it's essential. We, you know, it's, it's a big issue. And uh, <laughs> finally, so yeah, finally the Swiss army is for the first time going to give the female recruits women's underwear. And the thing is, it says because the force looks to attract more women to its ranks. So it's not like to take care of the women who are actually already fucking, you know, sacrificing their lives for this. Uh. I mean, it's Switzerland. Like, no, we just want to attract more. So I guess it's going to benefit you. But it's because we want more women to it's, get into uh, it. I mean, they're not sacrificing their lives. It's Switzerland. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying. Uh, never say never. You never know. It's okay. I mean, it's third possible. World War could happen and they would still be like, you know what? Yeah, no. they, they didn't get involved <laughs> in the first two. We're so I think. <laughs> I think they'll probably sit out of the third one as well. They're just going to be like, it's going to be a no from me, dog. I'm not going to engage. But you are right. I mean, that. training accidents do happen. So I guess arguably they right. are risking their lives. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So the female soldiers are issued with men's underwear. Uh, but now there will be two different sets of women's undergarments. 
for warmer and colder weather. Look at them being spoiled. Generous. Look at them. I fucking hope it's comfortable. Don't give them some fucking thongs or something. It's gonna <laughs> that would be terrible. Oh my god. Oh my god. Could you imagine just doing like drills and shit with a fucking the, just piece of fabric up your ass? The concept of army uniforms that are comfortable is so I was in the cadets when I was younger, right? When I was like hey. thirteen to eighteen. So uh, it's the British Hitler Youth. It's a great organization, and I learn a lot. And I should really Wonderful, stop David. saying that. Good for you. <laughs> it's a, it's a really really cool organization that was mm. set up to convince kids that the armed forces that the army is cool are, and you should fight for. I was in the air cadets, so it was to convince kids that you know you should fly planes and bomb people. Uh huh. And it did a great job. Um, and taught me loads <laughs> of skills and it was really cool. I got to fly planes and shoot rifles. It's fucking awesome. Fun. Fun. Anyway, the only point I'm just trying to make is all of the uniforms for, I'm pretty sure any armed forces all over the world mm. are made by the lowest bidder. And very, very <laughs> distinctly are not comfortable. Obviously, unacceptable that the women didn't get their own uncomfortable version yeah, and i'm fair. sure it would be more comfortable uh-huh. than just getting the man's version so it's still yeah. yeah but no matter what new underwear is coming it's mm-hmm. probably gonna also be horrible just less horrible. <laughs> yeah, sure <laughs> like... probably not thongs though hopefully not but uh yeah probably mm. it's gonna be itchy and scratch it's probably wool like the stuff that your grandma used to make you when you're when you were five and it would just be itchy all over. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So, uh, yeah, the underwear trial is part of a wider update of military uniforms. So I guess they're trying to, you know, do something. They were developed and designed in the eighties. I mean, you know, if it, if it still works, why, why not? Wait, wait, wait. So they, they designed them in the eighties, but then they were like, "Eh, I don't, I don't think we're going to introduce this. (laughs) 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 we can we can wait 40 years part of a wider update of military uniforms which were developed in the and designed in the 80s no okay okay it was yeah developed and designed and then now they want to update it which is i guess i thought in the 80s there was just like one guy who was just like i'm gonna make women's (laughs) 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 underwear i'm guessing it was a woman 40 years later they were like Oh, yeah. found this in a back you closet. Maybe we should make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. So the thing is, I th- this story is not one of a kind. I And I don't know if people... Like, there are a lot of things that we're not aware of that kind of... Uh, the thing is that society and a lot of the things that are in society is newsflash, build after men... And their bodies. And um, so everything fits them. And a lot of shit gets neglected. And uh, so I want to do something fun. I want to talk about all those things. Not all of them, because that would be never ending. But I do want to just highlight uh, some things that is from an amazing book. There's this awesome woman. Caroline Criado Perez. Yes, bitch. Caroline Criado Perez. It's a very good book. Uh, it's a great book. 
and the book is called Invisible Women, Expo Exposing Data Bias in a World Designed for Men. Uh, and it's fucking... Like, she did the most thorough research. There are literally, like, 1,331 citations in this book. That, that's, like, 70 pages filled with research notes, basically, sources. So she covered her shit. And I want to highlight some of the things that she talks about in the book. And she talks about so much more. And it's really fucking cool. It's just, if, if you want to learn more about the, the ways that women are forgotten in society and how society is designed for men. Like this is really, it's just great. Okay. So first off, women are 47% more likely to be seriously injured in a car crash. So the thing is that women tend to sit further forward than men when driving. And this is because, you know, on average we're shorter. So, you know, that makes sense. And our legs need to be closer to the pedals we need to sit more upright to clearly see over the dashboard. But this is not the standard seating position. So that kind of fucks with us because, you know, the testings are made uh, after how men sit in a car. So that means that, so like a lot of women get injured. Yeah, um, the yeah that dummies. sucks. Also, right, like the crash test dummies, right? What? The dummies themselves that they use? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're also built after men. I think maybe like the first female dummy was introduced. I feel like I heard something about that. I don't want to say anything. I'm not sure. Uh, okay, so another one. Another one. Female pianists. <laughs> Penis. Pianists. <clears throat> Pianists. Are 50% more likely to suffer hand injuries. 50% more likely because the average female hand span is between seven and eight inches. And of course I didn't check how many centimeters that was because I'm bad at what I do. So it <laughs> makes the standard 48 inch keyboard something of a challenge. So even like playing the fucking piano, it's all created after the average man, man's hand, whatever that fucking means. Also, I know this is very, um binary uh language uh and obviously like it doesn't cover it all but you kind of have to it's difficult to talk about these things because it is created after a binary so yeah uh women are 50 percent more likely to be misdiagnosed with heart attack and i bet you know a little bit about this david i do yes i think we actually I... talked about this on an episode yeah. didn't we yeah so because women don't really have that Hollywood heart attack that, you know, because we all have seen it. It's like, oh, uh, the left arm pains and burnt toast or whatever. <laughs> it smells like all those things. Burnt toast is strokes, <laughs> not heart attacks. But, uh, oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Thank God I And really I think strokes myself. are more uh, gender neutral than, uh, than heart attacks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so... Um, but women, especially young women, they actually, um, don't really have any chest pain at all. Most of them, uh, but instead they have stomach pains and like breathlessness, nausea and fatigue. And so instead of that being taken into 
uh, consideration and like being used and and being told to the people instead these symptoms are just referred to as atypical because anything that is not typical for a man is atypical that's society honey it's bullshit anyway (laughs) 90% 90% of drugs uh, of drug testing is tested on male only animals which is interesting. Like, why not throw in... That seems easy some, enough I mean, to, uh, <laughs> to fix. It's just like, why though? Yeah. So the the failure to include women in anatomy textbooks, like the failure to do that, the failure to include women in medical trials has its roots in always, you know, seeing the male body as the default. 11% of participants in studies to find a cure for HIV are female. 11%. Like, why? <laughs> just, it's so weird. Women represent 55% of HIV-positive adults in the developing world. And in parts of Africa and the Caribbean, women aged 5 to 24 are up to six times more likely to be HIV-positive than men of the same age. And yet... 11% of participants in studies to find a cure for HIV are female. You see a pattern. <laughs> I mean, it's so silly. Why? It's I mean, I don't, I don't think you're going to... I don't think what? you're going to know the answer, but why is there such a big distinction between... Like, why are young women and girls so much more... I, it's probably going to be a really sad answer, isn't it? Why are I they so much more likely yeah. to be HIV positive? Just don't don't ruin I'm my day. I'm pretty sure we can <laughs> we can think about things that can be reasons and are very sad. Yeah, I didn't i I didn't go further into okay. it. I I just yeah. Uh, anyway, let's move on to some unpaid work, shall we? 75% of unpaid work is done by women. We spend between three and six hours per day on it, and men, 30 minutes to two hours. So there isn't really anything, like, there isn't no such, there's no such thing as a woman who doesn't work. It's just women who are not paid to work. You know, we, it's a lot of cooking and cleaning and, Obviously, taking care of children and also other family members and all like all the. Also, just don't get me started on emotional labor. Also, but all of that shit. Is done by, women. Also, this is a fun one. Because <laughs> it's super fun. It's not that fun. This is a little fun. There are more statues called John in the UK than there are of non-royal women. And the only reason adding royal women to the figure is because of Queen Victoria, who really fucking loved putting up statues of herself. She was all about it. All about it. So... (laughs) Uh, That's funny. She does look great on a statue, though. I mean, bitch, get it. (laughs) Women make up only 24% of people heard, read about, or seen in newspaper, television, and radio news. Yeah. 
you know, that's, uh, that's sad. <laughs> also, female police officers wear stab vests that are designed for the male physique. So British female police officers report being bruised by their kit belts. A number have had to have physiotherapy as a result of the way stab vests sit on their womanly figure. And, uh, you know, many complain that there is no space for their breasts, which is like, dude, just give them fucking uniforms <laughs> that fit. Like, I cannot believe that women, well, I can believe, but it's very infuriating that it's just, it's, it's a struggle. Also, then they have to spend time and money on fucking physiotherapy because their jobs like don't give a fuck about them and it's just yeah it's silly it's so silly women in the uk are 53 percent more stressed at work than men for men the rate was 1270 cases per 100,000 workers and for women it was nearly double that at 2250 cases per 100 uh, 100,000 workers so yeah, uh, and honestly, like if your stab vest is killing you, I don't blame that you're like, <laughs> your shit is stressing. But then again, you know, we're talking about unpaid labor also, and obviously there can be a lot of reasons to be more stressed, but I mean, being at work and then going home and taking care of the kids and doing all the, the laundry and cooking and everything, just pick up your own shit, man, and fucking do something around the house. It's not that difficult. It's your house and your goddamn children. Anyway. <laughs> You're just like, yes, yes, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> Isn't this fun, David? All the fun data, right? It's so fun. It's so fun. Mm. Also, thinking about, you know, we always laugh that, oh, there's a long line to the women's bathroom. Ha, 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 so the thing is that women need more space and more time in restrooms because women need to change pads or tampons during periods. Obviously, some men do that too. Women often have children or seniors to tend to, like we talked about before. Uh, and that also sometimes happens in the bathroom. They have to take care of them. And biologically, with the you know female anatomy... Uh, we need more frequent trips to the bathroom because of either pregnancy and the likelihood of urinal related infections. And also like, I don't know about you, but I have to pee all the fucking time. That's the, that's the thing. All of the people who know me is like, yeah, Luna pees like 30 times a day. <laughs> also, yes, I should see a doctor. No, I'm not going to do it. It's just, they're just going to give me expensive pills. I'm not into it. <laughs> I already had a friend who did that. And I was like, I am not spending that much money on those fucking pills ridiculous it feels anyway. like it veered slightly away from data about a lot of people's experiences somewhat <laughs> into a very specific thing that you have i'm gonna talk about my urine patterns <laughs> are you not into it david why are you why are you being so hateful <laughs> it has its place <sighs> and that place Jesus. is but that was that that i'm gonna end it on urine because oh, what a beautiful note to end it on Thank you. But I just feel like a lot of these things 
I think a lot of people don't really know. There are so many things in this book that I had no idea about, but when I read it, it made so much sense. And it's so interesting, even like how our public transportation, everything is fit, like fitted to, um, you know, be good for men and uh, women are fucked. I, I really, I think that she's really cool and I really like the book. There is one thing that oh, I will of there is. say. Are going to be devil's advocate now, David? No, I'm not being devil's advocate. <laughs> There's one very, very specific thing okay that i'm uncertain about and Ooh. that is offices and temperature Ooh, yeah because here's the thing so women are colder women are yeah? typically colder and yeah. the argument is that wait okay so the the argument is that offices are the temperature in offices is typically set at men's level Mm-hmm. And they can't, uh, and and so women have to wear lots of clothes to stay at a comfortable temperature yeah. in the office. Mm. The thing is, when I go to work, I can't really take off any more clothes than I have. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying on the base. If it was uh, like you can always put on more clothes, right? In an mm-hmm. office environment. I literally can't take off more clothes. Yeah, okay. I'm very confused by this. <laughs> so because so the temperature has to be set on that because I'm not saying the temperature has to be set. I mean, if there's a a reasonable middle ground, but all I'm saying is this is the single, this is the one, I genuinely, I really like her book and everything. <laughs> like, this is the single thing that I have that I go, I don't know how I can. Okay, so if I want to be a good feminist and I want to make the environment comfortable for women, right? Uh, uh-huh. So I turn the heat up. Uh-huh. How do I not become a sweaty mess? <laughs> when in an office environment, I physically can't take off more clothes. Well, this David, is my I'll question. Tell you, this. you will do as women do, and you will start buying clothes that are specifically uh, suited for that temperature. You might start buying that's clothes not, that are more breathable. Not, um, like this is not you know, this women. Is, you're not. You're not like, getting most of my. Most of my day in the summer goes with me having a breakdown because I want to wear something comfortable, but I can't because then you can see my nip, like maybe some nipple because like, God forbid, I'm not wearing a bra and I want to wear some light fabric. So I literally spend. So what you're saying I have is so many breakdowns. Yes. So, <laughs> so I'm, I, I understand your frustration and your, your, um, quest, your question. So what you're saying is that you have to wear more clothes then is remotely close to comfortable because wearing <laughs> less clothes would make other people uncomfortable. And that is exactly the concern. I would be more comfortable <laughs> putting on extra clothes mm-hmm. if that was an option to me than sure. removing clothes in a work environment. If we're discussing yes. in the home, then point. it's a very, very different point. thing. 
I feel super bad for you. It's true. Oh my God, I'm not saying I, it. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just teasing. It's the one thing. <laughs> oh my God. God, I if I wanted it. to play it's devil's a, a advocate, okay, then I, I would see, be like, I see you. Oh, I'm just, I feel, if I wanted yeah. to play devil's advocate, then I would say, so Caroline oh, Criado Perez also, even. she also had a big campaign about um, the Bank of England removed Jane Austen from, uh, I think it was Jane Austen that they removed. Uh, no, they removed Elizabeth Fry. They removed a woman from okay. <laughs> Elizabeth, <laughs> from banknotes. And uh, that meant that there were no women on banknotes. Why did they do that? They wanted to replace her with Winston Churchill. But of course, there were always women on banknotes because the queen was on the other side. She's on every banknote. Why isn't that possibly good enough for you? God. <laughs> <laughs> so if I wanted to play devil's advocate, then I'd be bringing oh up God. bullshit like that. So oh my God. Yeah, that's bad. That's really bad. Anyway. Anyway, she won. The... She got Jane Austen onto uh, the £10 note. So... <laughs> Now there's women on both sides. And this is the problem with feminism. They don't want equality. <laughs> they want to we take and happy. take and take. Yeah. Now 100% just of the £10 note is women. Mm. Unacceptable. No. What do men have left? Really? I agree. <sighs> and I'm a bit sweaty. You have all the money in land. And you still do, but it's not as fun now. Fucking. Not me. You know. <laughs> that was a Bo Burnham reference. I cannot take credit for oh. that. It was like, you know. So, have you stopped depressing me about women? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? I was able to bring you a perfectly <laughs> fun story about oh, a billionaire with the equality losing all his <laughs> money, equality. and you had to come here with facts mm, about disappointing I? reality. <laughs> God. Oh, I have a good weekly what? Oh, wait. No, wait. Oh, we have a treat. Oh, no, what? wait, wait, wait. No, we're not. We still have. Okay. No. Science Corner. Science Corner. Science An Corner. Update from the world of science. I have science for you. It, this was actually going to be a main story, but it's so sciencey, you guys. It's just too much science. And uh, it's going to be too much science speak so many words and explanations i'm gonna try and keep i'm gonna try and keep this to the point so there's been a huge fucking breakthrough in science <laughs> this week yeah i'm just gonna keep saying science david i know so many words and science is one of them mm. okay <laughs> so <laughs> um, um. have you heard about crispr or do you live in a box I just, I'm just not responding to that voice anymore. Okay, okay? that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we know CRISPR. It's the thing <laughs> that... <laughs> okay. okay, a little more sciencey. Okay, a little more sciencey. So the classic CRISPR-Cas9 system uses DNA cutting protein called Cas9 found in bacterial immune systems. And then the system can be targeted to specific genes in human cells using something called the single guide RNA. And that's where the Cas9 proteins create tiny breaks in the DNA strand. 
So it's like cutting something out and then they replace it, uh, this little cut with something, I don't know, hopefully in most cases better, but it can also just be different shit. Depends on what you want to do with the DNA. So it's basically just a cut and paste technology for our DNA and it's really fucking, you know, mind blowing and cool. So I'm not going to get too much into that, but now, uh, the thing is with this kind of, uh, method, uh, when you use that, it's, you leave it very much up to the body then to repair the, like what comes next. Like, uh, so you rely on your body to do cellular, cellular, that's so hard to say. Cellular, cellular, cellular. Can you say that fast? Cellular? Cellular. Cellular. Whatever. Cellular. Now I'm just saying it so much it doesn't make sense in my head. (laughs) Yeah. So it's hard to actually control the outcome because you leave it up to the body to kind of the cells to process it. And you're like, oh, I hope this comes out how I want it. So it's difficult to control the outcome. So that's why scientists, researchers, saw an opportunity to make a different kind of gene editor. So one that did not alter the DNA sequences themselves, but changed the way they were read in the cell. And I'm saying these things, I'm not totally understanding how they do that. And that's okay with me. I'm not going to try and explain it. (laughs) But this sort of modification is what they call epigenetic. So that's where genes can be silenced or activated based on chemical changes to the DNA strand. That's fucking cool. So the problem with a cell's epigenetics are responsible for many of the human diseases, like a lot of different cancers, uh, and that can be passed down through generations. So being able to fucking silence this is mind blowing. And it, it works through something called methylation. Uh, and that can change the activity of a DNA segment without actually changing the sequence. So, I mean, it's mind blowing, David. It's mind blowing. This is huge. This this is a game changer. It's fucking wild. So so now they can they can activate they can activate or deactivate something. So it's called CRISPR on and CRISPR off without fucking with the DNA. And then it's, it's, it's so controlled where they couldn't control, you know, the kind of where it went before in the same capacity. I don't know if it makes sense anyway. So what can they do with it? So what can they do with it? That's a great question. Thank you. Um, (laughs) um, they tested this in different conditions and they discovered that they could target the method to the vast majority of genes in the human genome. So it worked not just for the genes themselves, but also for other regions of DNA that control gene expression, but don't code for protein. So what that means is, you know, they chose a gene to silence in the stem cells and then induced them to turn into nerve cells called neurons. So that's something they did. And when they looked for the same gene in the neurons, they discovered that it had remained silenced in 90% of the cells, revealing that cells retain a memory 
of epigenetic modifications made by this CRISPR-off system, even when they change cell type. So that's huge. Like even though that these cells that were they they used this CRISPR on or off system on, even though that they changed forms, changed into something else, that the system still worked, the, the method still worked and it could reproduce and the and the shitty part of the of the cell was still deactivated, which means that you could potentially fucking cure like cure cancer. You can you can silence the the bad part of the cells, the cancer. The they were also doing um really cool tests about um alzheimer's and uh had some really good results with that it was uh i don't want to i can't remember it wasn't like 90% but it was i think it was around 50% uh so so the the numbers are really great and this is new so you know they can still work a lot on it basically it's a huge fucking breakthrough it's uh really exciting as a person who will likely get cancer in one or more forms i'm really into it i'm <laughs> really excited as a person with shitty genes oh my god cool so i hope that made any fucking sense if you are confused by what i'm saying i'm sorry uh try <laughs> find find ooh, there's a Kuskasak uh, video on YouTube that's good. It's not for the new, because this is really n- news. Like, there aren't a lot of for dummy videos. Trust me, I try to find them. But it's so new <laughs> that I only had, like, the very sciencey stuff. So I was trying to get a grasp on it. I hope the the main part of it makes sense for you. I think so. Do you understand? Okay, cool, 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 cool. That was Science Corner. <laughs> yeah. And now it's time for <gasps> weekly wonderful. <laughs> yes, we have a sound button. Thank you, Kesbahain, for this beautiful edit. You know this creation because now I don't have to yell in my apartment at night anymore, and my neighbors are probably really happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, how cool is the sound effects, right? <laughs> I mean, weekly wonderful. <laughs> Got to fucking love What's, it. You love it. <laughs> what is the sound at the end? What is what do you mean? <laughs> what is? Oh, I guess I'm saying in that recording that he took I think he just found it from an episode. <laughs> and then he was like, you're weird. What is this? <laughs> but he tried a lot of different things. There was also a version where he, you, like, I could hear you saying, lighten the mood. <laughs> and I'm not, I just, I didn't know if we, if, if it made sense to keep it. In. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Who is that weirdo? And it was you. Wow. Yeah. So he did a lot of work on it, man. It's it's <laughs> impressive. I, I, mean, <laughs> I have good friends. <laughs> I 
I was so excited and I sent it to you and I was like, here you go. And I was so excited to hear you respond and you ghosted me, bitch. And then I <laughs> and then I asked you about it later and you didn't, you stopped responding again. I was like, David hates the sound. He hates it. I was at work and... <laughs> you need to respond to the sound, David. It's not fair. Apologies. But... <laughs> You know, in I'm the middle of a meeting, I, your... I didn't choose to listen to. <laughs> the... Oh, that would be amazing! <laughs> Pressing play at work. I wonder what this is. Yes, <laughs> in the middle of a meeting, I did open Facebook and look at your message, but I didn't extend to listening to the sounds file you sent me at the same time. So you're forgiven, I guess. It's fine. So. Do you have a weekly what the fuck for us? Yes. Uh, I have both from last week and this week. And I think I'll just, um, you know, pick the best ones. Oh, okay. Go for okay. It. The best one from last week is <laughs> South African pastor farts on people's faces to heal them. <laughs> <laughs> Do I? <laughs> Oh my god! Do we need so more? Does it peak there? there? Are like, oh god! <laughs> like... Yeah, and he looks so comfortable. The other people do not, but he's like, "You're welcome." Here <laughs> you can see on his face. So this South African pastor farts in people's faces as a healing process to cure all spiritual and physical problems. <laughs> pastor Christ Penelope of Great Sevenfold name. Holy Spirit Ministries. What? Great name. Christ Penelope Wonderful name. is a, yeah, that's Christ, a peak name. Christ Penelope is, if I ever become a drag queen, that will be my drag name. Definitely. So he's, he, uh, yeah, it, he's from Siandani si, um, si village, Limpopo, South Africa. Yes. So he, yeah, he got a lot of attention. So an attendee visited the church and complained that when we come to church, it's because we need prayers not to be farted on, end quote. <laughs> I mean, I can't blame you for that. But um, Pastor Penelope has defended his methods and he insists that he is simply demonstrating the power of God. I mean, it's the Why Holy Spirit. Why are you Spirit. so mad about it? <laughs> The Holy Spirit is in him. The Holy Spirit is out of him. The Holy Spirit and she is, is a stinky upon bitch. you. <laughs> so there's a quote here. It started with Master Jesus when he stepped on Peter. It is the demonstration of God's power. Just like God made Adam go into a deep sleep, it's a similar thing. God did anything with the body of Adam while he was on the ground in deep sleep. He was not feeling anything. The Bible doesn't say anything about Adam saying, God, you're hurting me. And that's what the pastor told South African magazine Drum. Also, that statement makes no fucking sense. <laughs> I'm so confused. I have no idea what any of this means. I'm not sure if there's an argument in there somewhere. I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be. Um, all I'm hearing I'm, is, I'm, shut up. I want to fart on people. I'm pretty yeah. convinced. I mean, also, oh my God, this is so mean. 
According to the pastor, farting near the person's nostrils is important so that the, quote, healing power can enter the body to do its work. So you better, you better come, come over here <laughs> with, your, with your nostrils on my butt. Oh, my God. He said, when they wake up from the deep sleep, they will tell you that they didn't feel anything. It is showing the power of God and those who needed healing are healed afterwards and others get to manifest at that moment. Again, I have no idea what he's trying to say. Is this making sense to you? I feel it in my heart. And, okay, uh, that's the most... I, I guess that's the what he's trying to The exact words do. don't matter, but the <laughs> feeling does. And <laughs> oh, the feeling he, is hitting me. He continues. He continues. Remember when people try to tarnish your image, that is when he shows his glory. As long as souls are won into the kingdom, he who sits on the throne laughs at his enemies. And I just wrote, what? Because, because what? <laughs> I'm so confused. So, I respect surprisingly, it. yeah, you respect the method? Look, he... <laughs> He's worked out what he wants out of life and mm. he's managed to claim it. And so, I don't think he really needs to explain himself to anyone. No. So you might actually be one of the people who will wait up to two months to meet him to get farted on. Sounds like you want to join those people. Two months. I didn't dude. say I want to be part of it. I just don't want to kink shame him. You know, he's living his life. Some, <laughs> he's living his life. Some even collect his farts in containers. <clears throat> Did you do that as a child? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's clearly so you did. It's so funny because I had forgotten about this completely. And I'm so afraid of farts. Like, I have a fart complex. It's really weird. I burp like a sailor, but I'm weird about farts. But I... This... <laughs> this story triggered, like, a core memory <laughs> in, in me. <laughs> and I was like, wait. Oh, yeah. I have fucking memories of me farting into small jars with my cousin when I was like really small and it's so stupid. Anyway, that happened. <laughs> Hire me. Give me a job. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will continue. You don't like my fort, st please, fort story? Please, please continue. <laughs> Mostly so it's over quicker. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, some other a bishop said, uh, you know, some people are not loving this. A pastor, another pastor says, this is wrong. Nowhere does God say sit on people and they will be healed. Pastors should practice what's in the Bible, not what they think is in there. And another person said, there are these are exactly the deeds the Bible warned us against. You know? Uh, and... Yeah. Pa and Pastor Penelope, he reacted to the criticism and said, I don't fart on people. I heal people. And with that, yeah. <laughs> on to you, David. <laughs> like, what I is also happening? don't fart. I just heal. <laughs> everyone who has... <laughs> Sorry. Smelt it, has me. experienced that. That healing. 
just rising up into their lungs. Um, I mean, it's true. I mean, you fart and then, and then the stomach ache goes away. <laughs> so technically, you did heal yourself, and good for you. So this is uh this is definitely what the fucky. It's not. Oh, I hope it's not mine because I have a really good one. Uh, it's it's definitely not. I'm quite okay. confident. Okay. U.S. judge decides transgender ex-neo-Nazi suffered enough won't be jailed for threats. What? So Taylor Parker DePep uh, suffered years of abuse and that caused him to seek acceptance where he could. Unfortunately, he found it with a group of white supremacists Mm, and proceeded to send abuse and threats to journalists who were uh, spreading Jewish messages, apparently, by reporting the news. (sighs) And despite the violent threats, it's been decided that he will not be jailed because uh, of the abuse that he suffered and... I don't know. The reason that I just wanted to bring this one up is I find it intriguing. What abuse? I'm sorry. Did I miss something? What did he suffer? So in his childhood, okay. uh, so he he wanted to be a boy as a child, but his father threw away the boy clothes his mother bought him and physically abused him, including choking him. No. Uh, in his early teens, high school failed to protect him from constant bullying and eventually paid $50,000 to settle a lawsuit about that bullying. No. He was also beaten up by his stepfather, and that was what led him to seek acceptance. And he found it from the Florida Atomwaffen cell of white supremacists, who surprisingly, okay. he did not tell that he was transgender. Um... He was convinced by his mother to tell them and they cut him out of the group. And shortly after the group was all arrested, including him. And I don't, I I just find the the question that I have to raise here is I don't necessarily feel like this is the wrong decision. I feel Mm. like it makes a lot of sense to have compassionate sentencing and to consider those. I just find it weird when it's applied. Right. What did he do? So he threatened somebody? They went to journalists' houses. They plastered them with flyers with threats. They, uh, They mailed journalists threats saying that, they were surrounded by Nazis and they should be on their watch. And uh, oh, no. your actions have consequences. Our patience has its limits. What they, about the uh, other Nazis? Did they get any um, they did. penalty? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, that is the, anyway, the whole bag. What the fucky bit is firstly, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is. <laughs> That's yes, the first part. Good job with Secondly, that. Uh, um, 
I don't. I just don't know how to feel about this one. I don't know whether I should be glad that there's yeah. some compassionate sentencing that considers uh, someone's background, or go. Why is now compassionate sentencing a thing for white supremacists? When yeah, that's it's not for good, yeah, yeah. Also, there's a lot of people who have experienced fucking terrible things that don't, you know, do horrible things. Uh, exactly. Um, so, but yeah, it's it's different. It's tricky. That's a tricky one. I have many feelings about this because, sure, I have empathy for you know, all the shit that he went through. And, and I also have, uh, I, I also see how you get into the incel or the Nazi environment, like, especially nowadays. And it's <laughs> terrible, but you know, I, uh, almost you still all radicalization, yeah. like almost all radicalization comes from wanting a community and finding yeah. it somewhere yeah. inappropriate. Yeah. And that's why you see a whole bunch of people who, like if you look at a lot of the lone wolf lone wolf attackers who mm-hmm. who killed people for ISIS, a weird number of them used to be not like like a a noticeable enough minority of them mm. used to be like racist skinheads. Right. And then so they found one group that accepted them and then that didn't really work out. And then they found another group that accepted them and they were just jumping from horrible group to horrible group looking mm-hmm. for some kind of community. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, that doesn't justify it. That might explain it, but there's a fucking long way from explain to justify and go. Yeah. And that's the... Yeah, yeah um, I don't know. So yeah, I feel like this might be the I right decision, yeah. but it's a... Because I, I get it, but I don't... You know, it's... I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that was from last week. This week, I have a nicer what the fuck. It's a cute little uh, dumb thing. So we can end on it, if depending on what yours. No, no, no. I is. have one. I want to end on mine. Okay. So, gang of international Lego thieves arrested in Paris heist. <laughs> Did you see this? Oh my god. I don't really yeah. need to go any further, but um, there's yeah, an no, international yeah. gang of Lego thieves. They are very concerning. Um, <laughs> Watch out. They're stealing all sorts of... Uh, it, it's a very important crime, and we all need to be on the lookout for Lego thieves. Yes. I have felt strongly about this issue mm. since I was in reception. I was four years old. Uh, reception <laughs> being British kindergarten. Um <laughs> And that Dick Stevens stole my Lego. And I feel incredibly strongly from that moment forward that Lego thieves need to be, if anything, put to death. So I hope that so this was in Paris, deeply personal for you, they, they deal with this appropriately. Uh-huh. <laughs> Get the guillotines out, boys. Get the guillotines out. There's no stealing Lego when I'm around. <laughs> Not on my watch, bitch. Damn. Yeah, that's, I don't my, that's my whole story. Wow. I could, you know, I this could have been a main story. I could have gone into whole all sort of the details about the sure. surprising black market world of there's, there's this huge world of Lego thievery because I it's small, light, portable, and incredibly valuable. Yeah, uh, yeah, but fuck that. 
It's my what you want the fuck. It's my happy little ending. Fucking Google it if so. you want to know more. You don't want to okay. know all the details. You just want to know the funny headline. <laughs> all right. I have a story for you. And this was one of the stories where I go, I better fucking check other sources too, because this is wild. Mom discovers at wedding that son's bride is her long lost daughter. The fuck? Okay. More than 20 years ago, the woman had lost her newborn baby daughter on the side of the road. And first of all, that's all they say about that. She lost her on the side of the road. I need details. What does that entail? Okay, it's not any of my fucking business, but I'm very curious. <sighs> now, two decades later and years of searching, she's been unexpectedly reunited with her baby girl by chance. So the reunion occurred when the mother of the groom had noticed a birthmark on her son's wife's hand, which was similar to her daughter's birthmark so after spotting this weird mark or distinct mark sorry about it she asked the bride's parents if their girl had been adopted more than 20 years ago and they were baffled by the question uh because the adoption was a close family secret so the family eventually confirmed that they found a girl on the roadside and took her to bring up as their own and both the mom and the long-lost daughter, obviously, they broke down in tears with the daughter describing the chance reunion as happier than the wedding day itself. <laughs> the husband just being like, oh, bummer. But probably also happy about it, probably. I don't know. Anyway, I know what you're thinking and we'll get to it. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I also saw this story and I'm just waiting for the, you know. Right, right, right. Because right. the know, concern is just, is I feel in our audience building, I think the husband or the future husband uh, would be pretty concerned yeah. at hearing, but, uh, yeah, yeah. oh, this is my long lost sister. Yeah. Funsies. <laughs> Congratulations on your wedding. Um, so despite the emotional reunion bringing tears of joy, the bride was worried she was marrying her biological brother. <laughs> Hello. However, the mother-in-law revealed her son was also adopted, meaning the couple could get married. Also still weird though. But like, <laughs> you know, lucky, I guess. <laughs> I think specifically he was adopted to, to like make up for the loss of her sure. daughter, right? Sure. Yeah. It's so wild. David, it's so wild. Yeah, it is. It's wild. So, yeah. So, she adopted him because, like, she lost all hope of finding her. And then they found each other. And they got married. And then she... This is the, this is the most insane story <laughs> I've ever heard. This story has everything. I mean... Huh. She said that there would not be any problem in the marriage as, their, as the pair were not biological siblings. The bride was said to be relieved and the couple completed the wedding ceremony with no other major surprises. And that's uh, beautiful, don't you think? The bit that I noticed when I read this is it didn't specify whether he knew he was adopted 
And so it feels like uh-huh. it went through a lot of emotions. A lot of revelations that day. Like, oh, my, oh my God, God, you're my daughter. Oh, my God, you're actually not my son. Well, you are my son, but not biological son. Oh, my Like, it feels like a telenovela. It really does. Also, so that was the first time the mom met her? Because, like, it was the first time that she noticed the mark yeah. on the hand? Maybe it was the first time, like, she was just looking real close at the ring and then was like, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess not everybody stares weirdly at hands for a long time. Maybe that's just me. But, you know, to each their <laughs> own. It's fine. I don't Some people fart on other people's faces. Some people <laughs> stare at hands. We all have our things. Heal thyself. And on that note. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to Observe and Retort. Please tell a friend, write a comment, a review, follow us on Instagram. Do whatever you want. We just are very happy that you're listening. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Goodbye.